Welcome to New Hope Underground bonus content. Today features an interview with national radio host, author, and speaker Brandt Hansen. This episode is part two and the final installment. Brandt speaks transparently about his personal church experiences and the loneliness in his life for authentic Christian friendships. And now here is Darren and Brandt. So Brandt, how long have you been down here in Jupiter um, now? I lost you know, track. <laughs> almost a year. We lived down here before, you know, for almost a decade and then moved away. And so right. we've been back down for about a year. Yeah, actually, I helped you move last time. We drove all the way from Jupiter to Sacramento, California. <laughs> Seriously, I still feel bad about that. I had Four such days. a terrible attitude. I was just under so much stress. And I remember being not fun at all. <laughs> the kids were great. But Darren oh. helped me drive. We had a little Volkswagen. And we had me and him. And then the two teenage kids, my kids, and two dogs. Arwen and Nigel. And we drove Nigel from was, had three legs. almost Miami to Northern <laughs> California with, yes. with all of that going on there. That's how many legs. We got to see a lot of cool stuff, and it was fun. It was. It was fun. I just, just felt bad because I was agitated the whole well, time. Oh, you had a lot going on. Yeah, too much. Thanks but for it, being patient. Well, good grief. The um, thing that's – you've been all over the world, too. In fact, let me ask you real quick. What's, what's one like most unique favorite places you've ever been to? Uh, Afghanistan. Oh, wow. Because I've been there a few, yeah. a few times. and You've been in Kabul, right? I mean, right in... Yeah, that is a... Capital city. That's like when you first leave the country, maybe you go to Mexico or something, and it's like, whoa, this is totally different. You know, you go to a Mexican village, like, I'm in a totally... And then you get used to that. You can get used to a lot of different countries. But Afghanistan's like starting all over. Like, whoa, this is different. And... It's, it's hard to even describe. One guy described it. He was a, a neurosurgeon who was there at the hospital visiting. But we got in a car from the airport on the way in. He said, it's, one, it's like one part Stone Age, one part Biblical Times, and one part Mad Max. <laughs> and Post-apocalyptic. Like, it, to- it totally is. Yeah. yeah, it totally feels that way. Like the big like rusty trucks and smell of gasoline <laughs> is everywhere and all these guns and stuff like this is wow. yeah, it's this mix wow. of everything wow so you got you got people Mel gibson running around it totally looks like that um and it's a, it's a dangerous place but there's there's beauty going on there and it, there's a lot of heartbreak once you start to understand like what the women have been through and stuff so I, I would say that that's the most unique and decidedly different place well that's that's I know you've been all over the place, but you've been in Jupiter for about a year. And you've also, another thing you do a lot is you travel around the country, speak on behalf of Cure, and also just, you know, your own books and stuff. So therefore, you get into a lot of churches. Oh, yeah. You meet a lot of people. So I would think that when you got here, everybody's like, oh, the churches in Jupiter are clamoring for you to attend, right? I mean, like, yeah, they want you to be totally something you know, like that. Celebrity person coming in. <laughs> <laughs> they, but, you, but you've you've had not the what you were telling me earlier. You haven't had like the most uh, incredible experiences no. trying to get involved in a church here. No, and I don't I don't go in, and I'm not that big of a deal anyway. But I don't go. I I am a, like some people know who I am. Some people don't. That's fine. It's all good. Um, but I don't go in like, hey, here's your opportunity to <laughs> recruit me. Like, who cares? But. I was really lonely, and we moved here and didn't have a 
the same network of people around. A lot of people moved away and whatnot, scattered. And as a man who has a good marriage, I think people can think, well, you're not going to be lonely, but I was. And so I talked about with my wife, I asked God every morning, I'm not even a good prayer, but I would go take a little walk around the pond here. And it's like, God, I need friends among other things I was praying for and please help us find them. And so we thought, well, let's, let's just find the church. We just got to find a church. And through a series of five or six attempts. And the idea was, look, we may not even like the sermons per se or whatever. We may not groove with the music or we might, whatever. We're just going to stick it out. We just want to be a part. We just want to be like, I know that the key to me getting over my loneliness is to get plugged in and be a blessing to people, like to get to know people. And I was thinking one thing I could potentially do if once they trusted me in a new situation, I kind of had an idea of starting an Asperger's thing for kids in middle school because I'm on this autism spectrum, and maybe I could lead that. Cause it, that'd I, be cool. I like yeah. kids. I think that'd be a smash. I've seen a need for it. But that's, that's a long way off. I just We needed friends. And I repeatedly found nobody cared. Like, Really? I would get together with pastors, for instance, and they wouldn't ask me any questions. Like, even though they knew who I was, they wouldn't ask me questions. It was so weird. We'd have dinner, we'd go, like, like meet somewhere for coffee or whatever. And they just, they, it was all about, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that, I, 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 I. Like, you know what I need Wait, to... F- what, do you mean? what do you mean by that? Is like, like the, they don't ask you about your personal life? No, or, or where you have you been, or what's going... Like, like, when you, just on a human level, yeah, we're getting together socially, but it's, it wasn't... It didn't really care about me, which is really weird. And I found that repeatedly. So that was with a few situations. I was just, just didn't care. There was one, one place here locally. Uh, we were like, let's just join. So we went on Sunday morning, and it was, the, it was a typical kind of, you know, band and hip preacher experience kind of thing. I get it. Uh, but we're like, hey, we want to plug in here. We can be a blessing to people. Now, I work on Sundays. I don't have a choice. It's my biggest, biggest, hardest day of the week. Right. So I can't be a regular on Sunday morning, but I can, I've, my evenings are free all week long, and my Saturdays are free, and my wife can come on Sunday morning, and I can come some on Sunday morning. But since I work, at, I can't be a regular. Well, I'm, I sent a note to the pastor, because I'd talked to him before, and said, hey, we're interested. I may not be able to make it every Sunday morning, but... This is my, and I have to work on Sundays, but we just want to be a blessing. He didn't respond. And a few weeks later, I get a note from his administrative assistant going, hey, I'll meet with you. And so I went and met with her and she told me, no. No, 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 you can't come. You can't be a part of this church because if you're not going to be here every Sunday morning, you don't know us. Like, I don't understand that. And I drove home. I was like, I just got told no. Like, I'm trying to explain we just want to be, we literally just want to be a blessing. And if you're thinking, well, there's some backstory here, I don't know what it is. So I I don't, I don't think there is one. I don't think anybody had anything negative. I don't know what, there's no history at all there. Uh, And everything was fine before when I was talking with a guy. So he just didn't want to, so we tried another place. We're like, okay, let's just, let's go to this place. So we went to the, the service. Now my impression of a lot of the church models now is that they're very stage focused and it's about the guy 
and it's marketed. Like we're marketing for position here. Okay. And there's yeah. a, it's a business and I understand that at the same time, I'm like, okay, but this is what we have and I can still work within this and be a blessing. Like everybody's got their own stuff, but they still like, let me stick this out. So we go to the next place and we're in the service and it's in a big theater setting and there's a, there's the band and everything. There's only like three of us in this service, but we're still in a big theater and the band's still got the fog lights and stuff you know all that stuff going on and then the, the they they do a video and it's a testimony about how awesome the preacher is so the lady starts with you know i've known jesus my whole life but and then they tell a story about how incredible the pastor is now that she met him and her husband met him and so then there's like a shaky cam video of the pastor praying with them and they're like he's so incredible so it's just, I know it's staged. the pastor, right? Yeah, so the whole testimony is not about, like, I met God in my life. She's like, I met this guy. And right. then he comes out after that and talks about, this is going to sound terrible, but he talks about himself for like 20 minutes and his family, and we get to see his family and stuff. So it's awesome, so on and so forth. And then he kind of slams some people for the next 15, you know, from the hip kind of stuff about, about, like, don't homeschool your kids or something. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it was kind of, that's kind of wild. But even then, we're like, we're going to stick this out because that's not the point. The point isn't whether we like this guy or not. The point is, here's people. Right. We can, be a, we can be a part of them and they can be a part of us. So they said, well, you need to come to the Connections Lunch. That's where you can meet some people. The Connections Lunch. Like, just coming on Sunday morning, you're not going to get to meet people. Like, that's true. But the Connections Lunch. So, okay, we signed up for that. We go to the Connections Lunch the next week. They, take us through a buffet line, sit us at a table in a banquet room, a round, big round table. So everybody's around the round table. The pastor comes out, shows the same picture of his family, talks about his family again, and spends over an hour talking about how you can join the church, you can set up electronic giving, you can give in this way, you can serve in the parking ministry. Um, and then after an hour, so we haven't talked to anybody, no one's talked to us yet. We're sitting at the table after an hour. And he's like, okay, so now is your chance to really get to know and be known. And we have table hosts at each table to talk to you and get to know. So this like 22-year-old girl spins around in her chair at the table. It's nothing wrong with her at all. But she's got a piece of paper in front of her. And she's like, so have you been baptized? I'm like, yeah. And that's my wife. Have you been baptized? Yeah. Do you want to join the church? And I was like, I don't. I don't know. So she doesn't check that box and she's kind of quiet. And then she's like, okay, well, you can leave now. That was getting to know somebody. So we get up and walk out. That was our connection. And I'm lonely. And I, so this is not a pathetic story, but it, it is a story about, it makes me think, what are people dealing with we see everything through our lens of we want to get them processed into our thing people are very lonely and disconnected in this culture very lonely there's tons of news articles about this now like loneliness is america's sickness and we still keep doing the same thing over and over and it's all about us like how do we get people processed into our thing well experiencing this over and over and over and beating my head against the wall Honestly, I know people listen. There's got to be more to the story. There's, I don't think there is. Like so, it it actually was like I, I walked out of that and I turned to my wife. I'm like, I'm done. Like that's that's like the sixth thing where people have made it clear they do not care 
about us. Right. They care about them. And all we wanted to do, we don't, I don't want to be on stage. I don't want attention. I don't want, I don't, not, not a threat to anybody. Shouldn't be. I don't know what, I don't know what it is. So, but it did, it did make me think that there's an awful lot of people, and I know there are, because now I interact with them all the time, who are just desperately looking for community and people to actually build them up and encourage them and, and a place where they get to bring their gifts, whatever they are, and not be blocked by other people trying to stop them from doing it or be told you need to be, you can only serve in the parking ministry or you know set up your electronic funds transfer and then we're good or whatever. Like, that's, that's just, it's worse than nothing. Right. It's worse because you go and you think, I'm going I'm to find this thing. Like the church is one of the last mediating institutions in our culture. It's one of the last things. Well, of course, I'm sitting here listening to this, and I'm thinking about our church while you're talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't help it. And this is our audience, is our church. And when you're describing like the lunch, we do something really similar. <laughs> but I think that I think the thing that's different, at least from what I can see, is we really are earnestly trying to get to know people. Yeah, well, that makes all the difference. But I, at the same time, it just it breaks my heart that to think. And to know that our culture is exactly you're, you're a microcosm of the culture. You know, in other words, there are so many people that are walking in our church as well who I feel are just as lonely, who are crying out for the same things you're crying out for. And it, it just it's upsetting to me sometimes. I feel like we're never adequate enough as a church, as an organization, uh, to be able to to get into play where we connect everybody the way we want to. You know. And the way we want we want to see relationships built, we want to see those kinds of things happen. What do you what do you suggest that a church do as an organization? What do you suggest like individual do in order to and to find meaningful relationships and to get really plugged plugged in as we always say? And I I'm using air quotes like yeah. Chris Farley. Yeah. But the the reason for it is because when I say plugged in is because so many churches use that terminology. Right. Plugged in. Plugged into us. Connected. And we use that terminology a lot right. at New Hope. But we really do mean it. And when we have like meetings behind the scenes, when we're talking, we're all planning the best we can because we really want people to actually have meaningful relationships. We're not interested in just the right. the surface stuff. Right. But I know we can come across as if that is, you know. So so what? Do, how do you in your you know in all the churches you've seen, all the people you've talked with? I'm just curious from your perspective. You're you're walking into our church. Yeah. And for the first time. You know, what do you think we could do? What do you think other people in the church could do, like people just attending? I don't uh, think, uh, okay. If you know what I mean. Hey, we're just talking. I'm no expert. Um, yeah, we're just talking. So I just have, I have my, my opinions and my guesses, and I do, I do think it's born out of a lot of difficulty and observing Christian stuff across the country. Like there's this increasing business model that we actually do perceive it and run it like it's a business and not an organic family. Um, in a family, everybody has a role, ideally. If they don't, there's a major disconnect. But I don't think that if you run things and the central idea is we're at the core of this, everybody else passes through us, through our flow chart, through, like that alone as a model, as an idea, is disempowering to people thinking that they're the ones that can connect with everybody. Right. So at, from the very start, I think we've got this kind of, the, the thing that you're up against, which is it's always us presenting to them they see the backs of everybody's heads quite often. Um, I'm sitting there listening again to that guy talk about his family. Everybody else has a family here. Right. 
So implicitly, and I know if, if we're, so, we're so bathed in church culture, we don't question that kind of stuff. Just like, well, of course, he's the pastor. Like, I, I got it. He's very important. I, I understand. Everybody else is too. But you don't feel empowered as a man, for instance. I don't, if that guy is doing the stuff, or I just understand that that's how this works. I think it's so ingrained in our culture. So you're missing out on all the, the web of, of relationships that could have, if you could just chart it on a, on a piece of paper, like this person to that person, that person to that person. Like, oh, there's just infinite web of relationships that people could be having. But instead, it's like all those arrows are pointing towards this organization. And then you're hoping to try to somehow connect the people where they're, see what I mean? Right. Does that make any sense? So from the very, from the very start, I think we're up against some stuff. And it is difficult because you have the best of intentions as a church staff um, to go, okay, how do we get people to interact more, to meet each other's needs? But the very, the very model seems to be set up so that they come, we, we offer a service, right? Like a service station. They come to us for the thing. We offer the thing. And churches advertise that now. Maybe not yours, but it's like, we offer a worship experience, a worship service. Like you come to, so from the very, the very start of it, instead of understanding it like a family, where we support you in your spiritual life, we, are, we come underneath you. You're not under our umbrella. We come underneath you so that your friends, neighbors, things you want to do, we help you do that. And I think it's really freeing when people can get past that and go, wait a second, I, I can meet with five different guys. I can start this thing. Or we can do this, and it doesn't have to be signed off on through a thing. And again, I know that can be a difficult thing to talk about to a church, but I do think it's what we're up against. Like that inhibits relationship. And it, and it also, there's so many guys in particular that don't feel like they have anything they can offer into that thing. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I think the, the struggling thing I have, I guess, is being on a church staff myself, you know, working with, with a church that I love, it's it's difficult sometimes because of the dynamic you you are describing to actually get across what our real heart is. Sure, you know because we really do want to serve people. You know we really do want to. You can talk to anybody on my staff, uh, my staff, but our staff at New Hope is what I meant. You can talk to anybody on our staff at New Hope, and you're going to get really similar answers to the, to what we want to be about. You know, we want to see people come to Jesus because right. who know Jesus. We want to see people have meaningful relationships. I, I get it. Here's here's the thing, though. But it's just so it's so hard sometimes to like to like when you when you feel like everybody's looking to you to be the one to put all that together. Of course they are. Uh, then that that becomes a mountain that's hard to climb. It is. It's like it's like driving a long yellow <clears throat> bus around town and having to keep tell everybody we're not a school bus. Like we're 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 the mass transit district, but you got a stop sign that comes out. Like what? People are used to yellow bus meaning something, and they recognize it as something. So it is very difficult because people in this culture are used to church offering this, and we go to, we go we attend it, we become a member of it. But they they make the decisions. We don't even necessarily know exactly what's what's going on with this or that, but we you know, we can plug into it. Like they recognize that. Um, 
because they're so used to seeing that. It's very difficult to re-educate people. That's actually not what we're trying to do here because they, right. it's still a church. We still meet on Sunday morning. We're still doing a stage. We still, people recognize that. Even if, with the best of intentions, you can get on that stage and say, this is not what we're about. It's about you doing things. It's like the Kierka God story about the ducks. You know, where they all come in, waddle in. You know the story. Like you're I, I'm not really sure. Oh, really? Okay, well, all the ducks come in, they waddle into the church chapel. Oh, yeah, okay, Yeah, and the, the pastor's like, you can fly. <clears throat> yeah. like, oh, we can fly, we can fly. And then they're they all waddle it out. Up. Yeah, yeah, they waddle out. <laughs> <clears throat> so they, and they don't they're flying fly. around the room, and then when, it's, when right. church is over, they, wa- they waddle home. Yeah, so, but there's a form here, and people recognize it, and it's very difficult from, in the, from within that form. Honestly, I think it's really difficult for people to stop recognizing that, to go, this is not about us putting on a thing for you. You are, it's a priesthood of all believers. Like we, I think it's really, really hard. And it, wonderful things can still happen, can still happen. But that is, that is the challenge, I would say. Um, the beautiful thing is, again, because people are so lonely and disconnected, the church is one of the few things left, a church like that. It's one of the few things left where people can join and feel connected. And provide meaningful relationships. Totally. In it's a not, way. Used to I be say provide, but I guess the best way to say it is to, an opportunity to get connected into sure. meaningful relationships. Used to be vets clubs or elks or eagles or like the country club or the yeah. There all of the service that, organizations are gone. All of those things are practically gone completely. Yeah. There is no place besides I would say youth sports and and the church. Like that's left there. That's like a non. As far as across the country. Yeah. You know I. I wanted to speak a little bit to the fact that I keep thinking of someone who, who might be listening right now who is new to New Hope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I can't help but think that and think as to what their impression is of everything we're talking about. When we get up and we talk about getting involved in a group, for us, that is exactly what you're talking about. For us, it is, we're not saying that we're, gonna, we're, we're telling you what to do and we're providing you something to take care of you. If you just and you you'll be helping us by joining a group. That's not what we mean at all. What we mean is this is a you know you've got a this is a great opportunity for you to develop those relationships that we're talking about. And and I don't know how else to say it. You know what I mean? Like as somebody on staff, I don't know how else to like I like you said the church is one of the few places where people can actually maybe get connected. But right. But if, but if people we have we never we never like push people into it. I just. We just offer, and people that uh, some. I guess my worry is how many people in our churches are kind of standing up and making groups happen on their own, you know, like and not necessarily, you know, waiting, you know, taking some initiative. Because if you're if you're lonely, uh, sometimes you've got to take the initiative. Because there's and, and understand that there's a lot of lonely people around you too. Yeah, maybe you're not the only one. There are some people that can do that. Some people just don't. They're not equipped to know what to do about it. I just think about so many guys. Well, that's why we come by their side to help, though. We want to help. Right, right. I, I think that's cool. Everybody, I think everybody wants to walk in the room like, cheers, you know, Norm. <laughs> everybody knows you. That's the whole, that's a song, right? right? Yeah. Everybody so, knows your name. Everybody knows your name. Wouldn't you like to get away some place you want to go where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. There's a, there's a familiarity. There's a grace there. Like, yeah, Norm's the, the fat guy who comes in and slops beer down, but we love him. You know, right, and he's sarcastic, and he's got a tough life, and we just love that guy when he comes in. Everybody, everybody deep down wants to be known. 
So it's very difficult for someone... And be long. Be long, but it's very difficult for most guys in particular, some women too, but to even have that vocabulary to go, that's actually, you know what? That's what I want. But that's what they want. It's, if they're not even aware of it, I think if churches could think in terms of doing things together, like around hobbies and interests, um, and going from there, but people, but there are people who are planted in these things and these groups that that's their, your, your assignment is to know these five people. Yeah. Or anybody who comes into this thing to know them so that they're known and you can laugh with them. Like the bottom line is what people want desperately. They're so lonely. So again, yeah, you're right. You can't take the initiative, but most guys, I don't think they have the, even lack the vocabulary to know. Some guys can't even, and I, that was a step for me to admit I was lonely. Well, maybe a lot of people that need to take the initiative, though, people who have been in the church for a long totally. time. So, so be freed to do that. Like, yeah. And understand, okay, no more of this. You're here to consume our products and services, and you pay for it. Right. Like, no, you... We are the church. No, you're not... Yeah. Just, you don't just go to church. I don't know how many times I've said that. Oh, no. and But but we say it, but again, it's within that form. So maybe there's got to be... Somebody's got to break break the form and just to make the point. And I don't know what that looks like, but in this country, certain things signal certain things to people, and some of it's just I should be passive because they're the ones doing the thing. Um, so anyway, I think it's beautiful. I would love to see like coaches. I always thought this would be so cool, and I'm sure some churches are doing it, but I think it would be great for a lot of guys. Like, There's always youth leagues, and my goodness, Effingham is sports central. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I know that from my experience in Illinois, but any place, it doesn't have to be Effingham, but any place where – the church actually trains coaches because a lot of places don't have enough coaches or they need more coaches for their park district teams for t-ball little league flag football whatever it is but you actually bring in somebody who's a christian who's a coach to say you know here's some play ideas you can run here's how to handle the kids here's how to get certified or here let's we'll, we'll do all the background checks for the park district but it's run through you guys and so you're training those guys but as you're training them you're also training them on how to love the families that are involved and yeah. get, to, get to know them. So you're actually planting people who are loose now to do their ministry, their ministry of coaching or umpiring or whatever. But now you're with people, you're salting and lighting the whole community with your people, and you're loosing guys that have a vision now for people. Like the, I am a minister every bit as much as anybody else is. But my ministry is baseball. Like So there's a lot of guys like that like that would step in and do that. But they're not being, we just, I, just some ideas like that. No, I that. think that's an incredible idea. And it's like you said, it's being salt and light. Absolutely. And being in the church. And there's going to be guys that come in that aren't believers. But you've got the, you've got the coaching thing. Like this great, could be easy to invite somebody like that. Hey, come to our church's thing. We got this guy or we, we meet at the Civic Center or whatever. But, you know, we've got this coach coming in, this guy from the Cardinals or something. But then throughout the year, we have coaching seminars on basketball or whatever. I think it's a you great idea. You could do that. Yeah. <laughs> you could. You could, done, do, you could do baseball and, and basketball. Yeah, I've coached quite a bit, but I, I, I think those I think those are great ideas. I think the, the the point of what you're saying overall though is the fact that we've got to find ways to actually build those relationships and they don't necessarily need to be in this box that no, sometimes it can't that we be. create or in fact we talk about this a lot with our with our own groups. We have a lot of groups in our church, but we say none of them should look the same be the same, even have the same mission sometimes. That's or, cool. I think you guys are ahead of the 
curve thinking about this, which I think is really neat. Like, um, and we have interest-based groups too. Yeah. Like you said, you, and I, I, we're trying. We're just getting started. You know, there's so many things. But I, I, I want to lead you to this as we kind of tie up our time together on this particular podcast. And that is this question. I, I Again, I keep thinking as I'm trying to think as someone who's maybe listening to some of these podcasts for the first time who attend a church. And that is this. Why? Why should I attend a church? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, what, what, what in the world? Like, that we're we're in a culture that's got all sorts of reasons as to as to why not to be involved, sure, or to be minimally involved, right? Uh, do we do people need the modern church? They need to, and so forth. I don't. I don't. I can't answer why I attend a church. I don't know why to attend a church, uh, but I know why to be part of a church, like part of a church community. Um, you okay? There are a few reasons. Number one, the human power. This is something that's going to seem like well, that's totally random and out of outer space. But the human power to justify ourselves is is like a superpower. We're amazingly gifted at it. No matter what we do or want, we can talk ourselves into why it's okay. You can see it all the time, or we've already done it. So we do something that we would have said was wrong, for instance, but after we've done it, we're kind of like, well, you know, in this circumstance and that, and sometimes, and maybe, maybe I didn't even understand the Bible correctly. Now I need to evolve and understand more, you know, maybe this is okay. Like we do that all the time. We talk ourselves, we have all these different cognitive biases we employ. There's all sorts of tricks we use to rationalize what we did or what we want. When you're with a community of people, they can bring you back to reality. We have to have that because human beings are, so, we trick ourselves. We cannot trust ourselves. The heart is deceptive above all things. We need other people to straighten us out. If people aren't allowed to do that, we will make foolish, stupid decisions that hurt people and hurt ourselves. And we need somebody to say, uh, no, or hey, let's think this through. Or hey, before you do this, I see where this is going. Before you do this, like you have to have that. Because you're not on your own able to able to do that. None of us are. So I would say that's a big part of it. So some people would call that accountability. I would just say that's just human building each other up as a family. When we're supposed to gather, like when Paul tells us to get together in the New Testament, um, it's we each get to bring a thing. So I would say that's reason number two is you've got a thing that you can use to build other people up. It may be you're just really good at encouraging people. You've just got a nice thing to say. Uh, it may be something else that you can bring. Maybe you're a songwriter. You could bring a song. You could say, here's what I read in the Bible this week. It meant something to me because this happened to my daughter. You bring that. Everybody brings something. The ministry of helps. Yeah, there are also all sorts of stuff. But everybody's got something, and so you, get to, you don't get to use that unless you're part of a community of people. When do I get to build other people up? So... If you don't, you're not, when, when are you ever using it? I'd say those are the two biggest things. I mean, we're, we're clearly supposed to be a part of a community, but there's a whole lot of ancillary things that come along with that too. We're supposed to confess our sins to each other. That's incredibly freeing, but unless you're part of a community, you can't. Yeah. I was going to say, all the things you're talking about are right on the money, but it also has this assumption, and that is that you're actually having these relationships. Yeah, you have to have relationships. No. <laughs> Does that happen in a theater setting with a stage? Right. No. Right. No, so again, but I can't address that. Like, if if that's part of the thing, that's part of the thing. Um, but we need people teaching us. 
We need to teach other people. We need people speaking into our lives who know us. Um, and as we mature, we can be that person too that speaks in other people's lives who know people, who actually spend time focused on people. It's incredibly healthy, by the way, mentally for us. Part of loneliness too, the loneliness epidemic is we have mass issues mentally. Like I get it, I understand, I've got my own issues, but like it's incredibly healthy to be part of people. Even talking about your shame with somebody immediately can help you with it. Just getting it out. Just saying that to somebody like, hey, I still struggle with this or I struggle with that or I did this. Oh, I can't believe I still have this regret from 12 years ago. And you get it out with some other people. That doesn't ha- it can't happen on your own. It, can't, it also can't happen in a theater setting. Again, you can't confess. In a th- there's no time for that. It's not set up. But all of these reasons, I'm like, you have to be a part. It doesn't even make sense to be a believer and not be a part of a church community. It's not, it's not even coherent because all of this stuff... There's 57 one another's in the New Testament. 57. So it's do this for one another, admonish one another, encourage one another, do this for one another. 57 of those, you can't do all these one another's if it's just you. And that gives you an opportunity to serve people and it's incredibly mentally and emotionally healthy to serve people and do those one another's for other people. It's just, it's a win-win all the way around, but you have to be in relationship for that to happen. I want you to speak, if you would, at the last thing here. Can you just encourage our people a little bit here in that I know that we have all sorts of people from all sorts of walks of life in our church, all sorts of spiritual backgrounds, all sorts of uh, baggage, different kinds of baggage, and all sorts of spiritual levels of commitment. And I guess I would just love for you just, if you would, just to kind of encourage people the fact that that's what is that's what the church is and that when you talk about having relationships it doesn't necessarily mean that i've got to be you know maybe in a in a group that looks just like me. no totally yeah that's a great point no it doesn't i was just reading in the in the bible the other day it was an acts but it talks about how peter and john they were in front of like the sadducees or something so like the, the elite educated people and the elite educated people noted these guys aren't educated they could tell that Peter and John were not educated people, but they had been with Jesus. It was clear. That's what it says. And I thought that was so cool because Jesus deliberately picks people who are not qualified. Just deliberately to make a point. And so if you're new to the faith or you're somebody who's not like, I don't even understand all of this yet. It's amazing. God will use you. It's just a matter of, will I be humble and will I recognize his authority? And if I will... He'll do things through me just naturally. But it's about recognizing his authority. That's the key. And the other stuff can come in time. And it's beautiful. Knowledge is beautiful. Ask for wisdom. But yeah, it's all of us together. It's this big motley bunch of people. Some people running. Some people crawling. Some people need a kick in the rear end. Some people are good at kicking in the rear end. Some people, they were good at kicking the rear end, need their rear ends kick in, in, the, in love. <laughs> yeah. But it's like this. Always in love. But you don't. Here's the thing, too. You may not be happy when you. St- a lot of times people will join a thing like a church and then they, they're happy. They're like, this is awesome. And then they're disillusioned three weeks later or maybe three months or three years. And then they're like, okay, I'm out. Like, I would really encourage you to not leave. View this like a family as much as you can. Because families are messed up. I mean, there's everybody in the family's got a problem. 
and we stick this out. And that's the beautiful thing about this. We stick it out. We are the people who stick things out. Everybody else breaks up. The whole world breaks up. Every band breaks up unless they just try to get together. And even when you see them on a reunion tour, they're gritting their teeth like, I can't stand these guys anymore. Like that's <laughs> natural. That's totally human. That's what happens. People break up. But if we're the ones who stick it out and people in our town can see like they've got these problems, but man, there's something about them. That's what Jesus said would be our defining characteristic. Like people would look at us and know we're from him because we're the ones who stuck it out together. So I would say that to people too. It is this big motley bunch of people, problems, stupid stuff. She said this, he said that. They messy. Got messy, yeah. But okay. That's family. That's family. Exactly. And what, I mean, only God could hold that group of people together because they don't get along. Or this guy's a Cubs fan. Like, for <laughs> how is that possible? <laughs> like, eventually he'll repent and yeah. he will repent. At some someday on his knees. Someday, someday it'll happen. On his knees, he will repent. It when may he be, finds out that God's actually a cardinal, it fan. might be on Judgment Day, but he'll <laughs> he'll yeah. he'll know. And so all that stuff, like that's a beautiful thing. If yeah, guess what? You figured out everybody's a jerk. You're right. So anyway, sit down here, and um, we're gonna have a cookout Saturday. So yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing. You're right on. Hey, thank you. And it's been a great conversation. I'm not just saying that because you're my brother. I mean, thanks. But, uh, but seriously, Brant's my little brother, but I look up to him an awful lot. And I think he got the wisdom in the family. Uh-uh. That's for sure. That's bull. <laughs> I'm going to call that out. <laughs> no, he really did. No. And I really appreciate the time. I, w- I do want to tell you one last time that you need to check him out at Brant and Sherry's uh, Oddcast. Yeah, Brant and Sherry Oddcast. Brant and Sherry Oddcast. I'm sorry. And, and the books that he has, Unoffendable, Blessed Are the Misfits, and a new book that's coming out. New one's going to be called The Truth About Us, and it's out in January-ish. Fantastic. Yep. So be looking for The Truth About Us. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more of Brand, listen to the Brand and Sherry Oddcast or check out www.brandhanson.com. Check back later this week for another incredible episode of New Hope Underground.